afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Zivikowski trying to get to the outside. He has blockers in front. Time for Zivikowski. Belong to beat. Shakes it off. To the five and touchdown. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Brady Quinn looking. Pump fakes. He rolls to the near side. Throws it. It's caught by Samaja. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Jones is the back. He's got it again. And Jones a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut. Gets a block. And scores. Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? Welcome to Sons of Saturday Irish. I'm Tyler Rojack. Luke Smith is here with me as always. And today we're going to talk about Notre Dame's 35-32 to win over Navy on Saturday. Uh, it certainly was a tale of two halves. There's plenty of good for us to talk about from the first half, but there is a whole lot of bad from the second half, which is probably where we're going to start today because it just left everyone with a really just terrible taste in their mouth and ruined what would have been uh, an easy win on Saturday. So Luke, are you ready to do this once and then never talk about it again? Let's just get this shit over with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if there's not one sentence that better summarizes the Navy game more. But uh, before we get into that, just want to say thank you for joining us in the program today. We appreciate the support. We just asked that if you're watching us on YouTube, please like the video below and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, hit the subscribe button there as well. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the recap and then bury the tapes for good. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. All right, let's take a look here at the Thursday night matchup this week. we got the Titans and the Packers. Somehow the Packers are currently favored by one. Has, has Vegas watched the Packers this year? They're, they're garbage. What's going on there? Not that the Titans are that much better, but they at least have some wins to their name. Yeah, we are recording this on Sunday morning, so the games uh, on the 13th haven't happened yet. But the Packers stink, so I'm taking the Titans. Rodgers is washed. It's Fields' is conference now. I don't want to hear about Kirk Cousins and his chains. Um, he's garbage, too, and he is my fantasy quarterback, but he will choke. So, yeah, it's uh, the conference runs through Justin Fields now. Rodgers is washed. But, yeah, I like the Titans in this one as well. <coughs> Anyways, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code SOS, and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code SOS. This episode is sponsored by Haas Company, a lifestyle brand that's about being the best version of yourself. Be the Haas. The Haas lives life without reservations, without doubt, and ready to answer the call each and every day. Check out their website at bethehaas.com and use promo code SUNS for 15% off on your next order. Check them out. This episode is also supported by Roback. Shop game-changing active wear with Roback. For those who crave activity, use the promo code SUNSND, that's S-O-N-S-N-D, to get 20% off your next order in the entire store at Roback.com. But we encourage all of our listeners to check out the Shamrock Polo, which would look great on Irish fans everywhere. 
That's promo code SUNSND at R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Okay, let's do this. Uh, in the immediate aftermath, everyone was very upset because of how bad the second half was, and I, and I totally get that. Now that we've had some time to think, slept on it, what's your main takeaway from yesterday's game? Uh, my main takeaway is that I have no takeaways, and that is the, uh, that is the I guess, ethos, thesis, whatever word you want to use of this entire season. The only truth we know is that number 87 is very good, and we're very good at blocking punts. Uh, other than that, <laughs> I don't think we're going to learn anything else about this team. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was really disappointing, just that whole second half. And we had talked about in the preview show, had Notre Dame turned a corner and we both were kind of on the same page. Hopefully, you know, we'll see on Saturday what Notre Dame does against an inferior team because that's sort of been the Achilles heel for them all season. In the first half, things look great. Hell, Pine looked awesome, playing maybe the best half of football in his life. And then coming out of the second half, it just looked like a completely different team. It looked like the team that we saw lose to Marshall, lose to Stanford. But then again, they did get out of it with a win. So it wasn't all bad, but... I, to be honest, I just thought that, that that team was sort of behind us. Like Even if they hadn't you know, completely turned the program around after Clemson, to see them just completely lay an egg again, I, I thought we were past that, but it turns out we're, we're just kind of right back to, to where we started. I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough because I also don't really want to make more of this than it needs to be because... Like, this is why we should not play this game. There is nothing to gain by playing the Naval Academy. And you just have these lunatics on the other side of the ball just bringing the house every time. Like, it's like it's like recess football. Now, to Notre Dame's discredit, they never adjusted to it, and the blitz was coming from the same spot every time in the second half, and Drew Pine kept getting sacked, couldn't get the ball out. But like that's not a football game. What they were in like their bullshit offense. It's they're playing like a high school team just running the triple option. This is why there's no point in playing this game. And I'm tired of hearing about the history and the debt uh, like that we have to pay them back. We've already paid it back. Like if yesterday wasn't evidence that we need to stop playing this team, the only good thing is that we didn't have any season ending season ending injuries coming out of yesterday because that game was just watching like paint dry basically. And all I could do, Navy had the ball for 10 minutes in the third quarter and got a field goal out of it. That was it. Like, that's not fun to watch. It's not. And nor was Notre Dame yesterday. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm really tired of watching this game. Yeah, we try not to bemoan the series too much in the preview. But I think that all of our points about this game, and particularly the product on the field, um, they reared their ugly head in this one. Because I was trying to think if Notre Dame had just, like, say the game had just ended after the first half. Do we really talk about this team that much differently? I mean, obviously the second half performance is atrocious, but we're not looking at this Navy win like, wow, all right, Notre Dame is really set here because this season there hasn't been a ton of carryover from one game to the next. And I especially don't expect that to happen with Navy here because it's such a different game than any other game on the schedule. Yeah, I think the only time there's been any carryover, and there was also, I guess, a bye week between this, but it was from North Carolina to BYU where Drew Pine – put back-to-back really good performances together. But, yeah, you're right. Even if we end that game at halftime, like, you're right. Drew Pine played well, and he had some confidence. But also, like, a couple of his touchdown throws were like, all right. Like, the Braden Lindsey play, he was wide open, makes probably the catch of the year in college football. But it should have been so much easier than it was. (laughs) I know. 
Another another day for Braden Lindsay. Now credit to him. He had probably the best game of the season. Uh, actually, undoubtedly the best game for him of the season. And it actually should have been a lot better because yeah. he had that touchdown. He was wide open again in the second half. And, and Orlovsky was like screaming in the booth. Lindsay's wide open. And Notre Dame just couldn't get the ball to him. And I think the the main thing here is is the offense because the defense didn't look good either, but they sort of get the built-in excuse of playing the triple option. No excuse for the offense and, and what they put out there yesterday. There's all kinds of stats out there that show you just how bad it was, and it truly was just awful. So let's go through a few of them. Uh, they had 12 total yards. They gave up five sacks. They had an interception. In the second half. Yeah, yeah, this is just the second half. Had an interception on their own side of the field off of just the routine batted ball that comes every game with Drew Pine at quarterback. They went one of six and third down. Six penalties for 49 yards, and overall just got outscored um, 19 to nothing. And personally, I think it's on everyone. Um, I, I actually, you know, we've been really hard on Pine this year, and he was certainly responsible yesterday for some of that, but I don't think it's all on him. So, you know, there's so many things to pick apart here. What sort of sticks out to you just from the offense's dreadful performance in the second half? I'd say the unwillingness to adjust. Um, I mean, Navy ran the same play every fucking play. They blitzed from the edge, and we could not pick it up, and it was just it was insane. Um, I, I thought some of the pass, like the blitz protection, pass protection, whatever you want to call it, was really poor. Logan Diggs put a really poor effort in it at a couple times where just guys just basically overran him. I felt like our offensive line just kind of got worked in that second half by a bunch of guys that they dwarf, really, size-wise. Um, and, and that's – but it's also – it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like, yes, Notre Dame absolutely needs to adjust to that, but like – Nobody else plays like that, but also nobody else plays like that because a half decent quarterback just <laughs> like yeah. dumps it over the top and it's a touchdown. And that's what we did in the first half, which is what's so confusing because Pine was incredible against the blitz in the first. I'm not going to say incredible. He was good against yeah. the blitz in the first half. He just got rid of the ball. He could not do it in the second half. And that's I think that's what sticks out to me is that he just could not get rid of the football in the second half. Yeah, Navy sort of showed their cards early on on that third down. Notre Dame's first touchdown of the game to Audrick Estime. They blitzed the house. Notre Dame had a perfect call for it. Estime leaks out of the backfield, hits him, Pine hits him, easy touchdown. And you would think they'd be there all second half, and they just they just weren't making plays. And I saw a lot of people criticizing the play calling, and we're back on the Reese and Pine thing. And Pine's issue yesterday was just he wasn't recognizing what the defense was showing him. And you're right, it was pretty much the same thing over and over and over again. And the mistakes seem so elementary that I can't believe we're in week 10 and Notre Dame can't run an RPO because they don't trust the quarterback who's been in the program for a long time to make the correct read. Our buddy Greg Flamung pointed this out on Twitter. He broke down a couple RPO plays where the read was so easy. The corners were playing 10 yards off the ball. Notre Dame ran, I think, a couple stop routes in the first play and then double outs in the outside, and it was a very easy read. Count how many guys Navy is sending. They are blitzing more guys than we have guys to protect. And Pine gave the ball up when he absolutely shouldn't have. And I don't know... I don't know how you could say that's on Reese other than maybe Reese just somehow isn't getting the message through to Pine. Like, that's the most frustrating thing because Pine is so streaky. He's kind of like the Karis Levert of quarterbacks where some days are like in the first half, you're like, oh, my God, look at this. He's awesome. And then 
Then in the second half, you're like, how is this guy even playing? Like, how is this? How are we at this point? So that that's sort of what stuck out to me, just how Notre Dame had opportunities. I thought the plays were there, but then Pine just looked completely different and wasn't seeing anything. I like the Karis Levert comparison there. I hadn't thought about that specifically, but uh, that's good. Way to, way to incorporate the NBA here. I'm sure DraftKings appreciates that. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like It's one of those things where I almost just, I tweeted this, like, let's just never speak of the second half again because it was such a weird, weird game. that I just, like, I can't imagine that happening again. But then again, there have been so many things that have happened this year <laughs> that I just never thought could happen, uh, good and bad. So I, I, don't, I don't really know what to make of anything there. It started off bad, too, because when Navy has that drive going where they're on the field for, what were they on, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 yeah. minutes to start the third quarter. That's just weird for your offense. You know, you're not used to that. And then they get the ball and then they immediately go three and out, which happens, you know. But it's just such a, a weird way to start a half in your offense. They can't get into any sort of rhythm because they're just not out on the field. The defense is out on the field the entire time. And I didn't get too worked up over the first three and outs, like, whatever. That was bad. Let's move on. And, and then after that, it just it wasn't working. So you're right. Navy's blitzing all out, every play. They're not disguising it. They're showing it at the line of scrimmage, like, hey, we're coming, and it doesn't matter. It reminded me of what DJ Uyunglele did last week where Notre Dame was showing blitz, and it didn't matter. Like, he was just going to stand in the pocket and not throw it. That's why it's kind of on everyone, though. Like, yes, it's on Pine for not recognizing the blitz, not getting the offensive line in the right protection, but the line also wasn't really getting a push at all. And you already pointed out Diggs missing a couple blocks in pass protection. That goes for all the running backs. Tyree missed on one, too. The only group on offense that I thought played really sound throughout the whole game was the receivers. Yeah, We've been on them more than anyone this season, but they were actually getting open and were there to make some plays, and it just they could not get the ball to them. So as we look ahead here, are you worried that Notre Dame's offense in the second half is going to be replicated in the next two games to come, or do you think that this is just one of those one-offs in a weird season and Notre Dame will be able to put it behind them? So I think – Everything from this year is a one-off, which is a cop-out answer, but just like there's been nothing that's been replicated this entire season um, outside of what I mentioned earlier where Drew Pine put back-to-back really good passing performances against North Carolina and BYU, obviously two terrible defenses. But I, 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 Boston College, they got a big win yesterday uh, against NC State, but they're really, really bad. Um, and I'll be interested to see if Phil Dracovic plays next week. Um, because that would be really fun if he does play. Uh, I think Notre Dame would be fired up for that and kick his ass because he's just talked shit about Notre Dame since he couldn't hack it there. Um, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. If he does play, I would expect Notre Dame to win like 40-0, to, to be honest. like I think it would just be an absolute bloodbath. Um, but that's kind of – and then USC, like – I mean, I watched that game Friday night. Caleb Williams is very good, but – that defense is just not that good at all. I think Notre Dame should be able to run it well on them. Um, and then we obviously saw Travis die, their running back, get carted off as well. So you presume he's probably done. Yeah, he so, is. So, like, it's just like these games are so hard to project just because I don't think very highly of either of these last two opponents, despite USC being 9 and 1 or 10 and 1, wherever they are. Uh, I just don't think they're that good. Yeah. In a way, I'm actually more concerned about the Boston College game because that's the games that Notre Dame has struggled with all season. And I think that's like it's a thing now 
for Marcus Freeman. Yeah. And it's a thing that is going to probably carry over into next season. Like, as we talk in the offseason about what to expect from Notre Dame next season, on paper, I assume they're going to be better. They might get some guys in the transfer portal. But the story from this season is that Notre Dame has been a double-digit favorite five times. They lost two of those outright to Marshall and Stanford. They narrowly they narrowly escaped in two of them to Cal and Navy. And they beat UNLV in a pretty uninspiring performance. And Notre Dame's tendency to consistently play down to their opponent, that's on the head coach. Like I, I don't really think there's any other way around it. So how big of a concern is that to you going forward? Is this just weird season or is it going to carry over? Right now I'm taking it as a weird season slash first season thing for a coaching staff that has done this before. But Marcus Freeman kind of said this in his post game yesterday. Like he talked about how the players were pretty pissed off after the game, which they should have been, but also, yeah, that's good, but just play better. Um, But what he said to them is like, Hey, a couple weeks ago, we weren't going to win this game, which is insane (laughs) Um, because this group has won a lot of football games. And some of these guys have gone to two college football playoffs, but I think the point actually still stands because he's right. We've seen them lose to Stanford. We've seen them lose to Marshall. Even that Ohio State game, they had a lead in the second half and choked that away too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I hope that it's a sign that they're growing as pitiful as the second half was. Um, but right now I'm just kind of – I'm not really concerned about it because um, it, it took Brian Kelly a while to, to get to winning these games as well uh, at Notre Dame. And, and then once he did, he never lost them. But uh, it did take a while. Yeah, and I guess I was expecting some of the guys to be able to carry that momentum that Kelly right. instilled and the ability to just not get in games like this. I definitely – I don't think Freeman was trying to put a spin on it. Uh, really, I think he understood that that second half was unacceptable and, and Notre Dame can't like pride themselves like, oh, we won a close game. I don't really give you credit for winning a close game when no one made a play at the end other than uh, unless you want to give credit to Matt Salerno for recovering the onside kick because Navy really just ran out of time because they were scoring and Notre Dame couldn't move the ball. It's not like someone on defense made a big stop to end the game. No, it was just they had to kick an onside. Salerno made a good play, recovered it. And that was it. But we've we've talked a lot about the offense. We should talk about the defense because it wasn't just all offense's fault. You know, the defense struggling against a triple option, I'm not personally too concerned about it, especially given the personnel issues. J.D. Bertrand was a surprise out at the start of the game. We did not see that coming in the preview show. We didn't hear about that. I think I even said he'd get 20 tackles. So him going from potentially getting 20 tackles and not playing at all is certainly a big hit for the defense. Um, say what you will about Bertrand. That that game against Navy would have been perfectly suited to his style. Brandon Joseph out, and uh, they were playing junior Tui Alamaka. I think it was his first career start against a triple option. Like, that's a pretty daunting task for a freshman middle linebacker to go up against a triple option in his first start. So is there anything from the defense that you're concerned about going forward? No, there really isn't. Um, they had a lot of young guys out there with Prince Kali, Junior Tuli Halimaka, uh, even Jalen Snee got in there at yeah. points. Um, Mickey. So I, I, I don't put much stock into that. Um, the only thing I put stock into is some atrocious calls by the officials calling holding on DJ Brown twice where one should have been a pick, the other just wasn't a hold. Um, but I, I will say um, Kali had a couple moments where he kind of – wasn't in the right spot, but then he also had a couple plays where he really, you know, made the right read and, and played well. Um, I thought Benjamin Morrison had another really strong game. Um, Cam Hart 
kind of continues to disappoint this year. Uh, he got torched on one play, and I just don't really – he just hasn't done anything all year, uh, which it's not that he's been awful, but he just hasn't really done anything. And I get that Navy's not the game where you're going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays, but I, I don't know. He just kind of sticks out to me in a bad way. Um, but no, but I don't really take anything – from what the defense did in this game, because none of it is translatable to the last two games on the schedule. I would agree mostly. The one thing, I don't know if it's a concern going forward as much as it is just a what-the-hell kind of moment, was the defensive backs, other than Morrison, you mentioned Hart. Uh, Jane Mickey got burnt again in the nickel. Um, I don't I don't know what, what's going on there, because Mickey, you know, in the summer we heard a bunch of great things about him. It seems like he regressed to the mean in camp. And and now he's playing nickel, and it seems like whenever he's in nickel, he's just giving up touchdowns right right down the middle of the field, and he's just getting burnt. Um, his dad has been tweeting some weird sort of cryptic stuff. I don't know if it's alluding to. Yeah, this is a PSA to parents: don't tweet about your kids in sports. It's a terrible yeah. look. It's a terrible look. Unless it's like supportive, it, when you're tweeting out cryptic stuff during a game, especially you when just look like a clown. It's a, it's not. No one looks good in that scenario. Like, what do you think? No. What do you expect to gain from that? And I don't know. It's just weird stuff going on there. It's weird that Navy was basically trying to piece together some hodgepodge offense with a guy who was a third string quarterback who was a better passer. And then Navy ends up throwing for 108 yards, which, you know, isn't a lot, but against the Navy team, it is. And that touchdown at the end, it's just like, how is this happening? And, and I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know enough about playing defensive back, especially against Navy, if like their coverages are a lot different because they're so focused on stopping the run. But at a certain point, that shouldn't matter. Like Notre Dame is way better athletes at DB than Navy does split out wide. So even if the assignments are a little bit different, eventually Notre Dame's athleticism should be able to take over. They should be like, you know what? Enough of this shit. We're batting the ball down. We're making a play. We're going to pick 10 this game. And that just never happened. No, it didn't. Um, And that second half was miserable. Um, with that said, we haven't talked about any of the good of this game. Yeah, we should, <laughs> I, I we think should get to this is a transition. As the first half was quite good. Drew Pine was responsible for all five t- five touchdowns in the first half, four throwing, one rushing. Um, can you replicate that going forward? I would say no, but <laughs> um, it was an impressive performance. We we already briefly touched on the Braden Lindsay catch for a touchdown, which was a horribly underthrown ball by Pine <laughs> and and Lindsay just. I don't even know how to describe that catch, but it was incredibly impressive. Did you see uh, the Ed's BS tweet? Yes, yes. It would require years of therapy. Uh, <laughs> for the TV? Yes. That was great. Yeah. Notre Dame also blocked a punt for the fifth game in a row, which I didn't think that was going to happen today with Navy not punting that much, but they still got the one, so that was cool. Um, I don't know. Anything else that you noticed that was, that was positive from that first half? I mean, there was a lot. I mean, Drew Pine – the throw to Jane Thomas was maybe his best throw all season. I think Jane Thomas, the tight end slash wide receiver, I did think it was funny that Orlovsky even called it out on, on the broadcast. He's like, looks like a tight end. I called him a tight end earlier in the week, as he pointed out in the preview. Um, he's been coming into his own. I also, I thought Deion Colsey had another good game. At two catches mm-hmm. for 50 yards, nothing that's going to jump out at you, but two third down catches. That was just the most frustrating thing is like that offense really showed you something in the first half. And you're like, all right, man, like if Notre Dame's able to run the ball like they did against Clemson, able to throw the ball. Now, granted, let's let's be let's be honest. Navy's pass defense is atrocious. So mm-hmm. a college quarterback should be able to exploit that. And they did. 
Uh, I thought your boy Clarence Lewis, CPA, had a huge play in the game on the interception. I have no idea what Navy was doing with that play call there. As soon as they, I saw the guy running the reverse, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. In the first half, every time Navy dropped back to pass, I was so pumped because they were right. gashing Notre Dame on the fullback dive. And when they were throwing it, it looks like Notre Dame's DBs, again, in the first half were there to make a play. So it wasn't all bad. Um, yeah, Xavier Watts had a good game too. It's just, is Notre Dame going to be able to take that success and build on it given what we saw in the second half? That's the part that's just sort of confusing to me as, as they try to make sense of it going forward. Yeah, that's what I keep going back to. Just like there's nothing tangible you can take away from this game. It's just stop playing fucking Navy. <laughs> that's like it, that we literally gain nothing by playing this game. And it just causes all of us heartache, heartburn, all those things. Like just it's not it's not a fun game for fans. I get it. If you like the tradition, whatever, that's good for you. I could not care less about that. Stop playing the game. Yeah, and it, this is just what you sign up for, right? Your your expectations for it. If they win, it's okay. Congrats, you beat you beat Navy. No one no one is going to respect that win. There's not going to be a ton to take away. But if you get into a dogfight or you lose, it you know if you lose, it ends the season. And in a season that's already had a lot, like if Notre Dame <laughs> had lost this game, oh it would have God. completely wiped out all yeah. of the goodwill from the week before, which is an insane yeah. amount of goodwill. It, it takes a lot to just wipe all that out, and they were this close to doing it. And uh, as we look ahead to Boston College here, I, I guess if there's one thing about this season, like every game is, it feels like a season in its own. There hasn't been a lot of carryover other than, as you pointed out, North Carolina to BYU. There was nothing from the BYU game that would lead you to believe that they would blow it against Stanford, and they did. Hell, and even in that win against Clemson, I mean, there were certainly good signs that they showed against Syracuse, but no one expected them to just come out and dominate like right. they did. So, you know, senior day's coming up, and then you got USC at the end of the year. Uh, I think that there's certainly signs that, that Notre Dame has what it takes to beat both those teams, win 10 games, maybe be the most sorry 10-win team of all time. But yeah. nonetheless, they, they have an opportunity to to keep the streak alive. We have two games left in the season. On one hand, it feels like this season has taken four years to get to this point. And then, and then on the other, it's kind of like, oh, my God, the season has kind of flown by. So a weird year, a weird game, but one that's sort of emblematic of, of most Navy games in the past. I think Pete Sampson said he's covered that same game six times. And it's funny because they showed on the broadcast that the last time that Notre Dame played at M&T Bank Stadium against Navy – the ending was somewhat similar, where Notre Dame was doing everything they could to blow a lead, but they were able to escape with the victory. So, you know, it is what it is. It's just the Navy game. Yep, and that's why we shouldn't play it. But uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're past it. If Notre Dame is able to come out this week against Boston College, I, I one positive thing, you're right. I think if, if Phil Dracovic plays, I think that'll wake some guys up on the defense. And it is senior day. Like, I would imagine that Notre Dame would be able to get up for this one, right? Right. When right. was last time yeah. Notre Dame lost to Senior Day? 2014? No, 2016. 16. Was that Virginia Tech? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. blew a huge lead in that game. I think we were up 21-0. Yeah, that was, that was the story of the 2016 season. I guess the story <laughs> of the, the 2022 season is Notre Dame just is going to play down to their opponent and then yeah but the difference is they won four games there we have seven this year already so I know do you think Notre Dame will drop in the rankings no no especially because Texas lost um there's some other teams I think 
I'm not worried about that. I, I don't think anybody watched the game yesterday, which I, I, I hope for their sake they didn't watch the game. <laughs> or, you know what, they, they probably just saw that Brady and Lindsay catch, and they are like, wow, yeah. Notre Dame was looking good on offense. But I think that'll do it for this episode. We made it, and, and now we never have to do this again. Uh, until next year, that is. Uh, we will be back on Thursday this week for our preview of Boston College. In the meantime, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on social media at Sons of Set Irish. For uh, Luke and myself, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you on Thursday. Bye.